Ladies and gentlemen, hello, welcome to the latest episode of Huddersfield Town Social. We've had a bit of a hiatus. We've all had things to do. Cam Pope's become famous, like a B-Tech John Motson. Ian Kilroy thinks he's Mike Bassett. And everyone else has just been trying to, you know, go shopping whilst we're all in tier three. Um, my name's Greg Moore. Joining me as ever are Cameron Pope, Ian Kilroy. And the two Ks have returned once again. Tony Soprano there in Gas K and a lovely view of the John Smith Stadium, courtesy of Andy K on Zoom. Hope you're all well, gents. We'll get straight into it because we've had an interesting couple of weeks from the highs of smashing Wednesday 2 0 at home to the lows of watching Junior Stanislas run through um, a bunch of kids like a hot knife through butter, really, as we saw yesterday. And we'll start off with yesterday's 5 0 defeat against Bournemouth. Um, which, as soon as the teams came out, seemed to be a throwaway game. And um, what transpired was probably not worth the money that those paid on iFollow. But I'm sure that the full house down in Bournemouth quite enjoyed that. That just made it more sickening, if anything. And I don't know about you, lads. I mean, this is probably, these days are probably nearer for me than they are for the, for the rest of you. But if you remember back to being at school, um, when you played in the playground, you're in year three or year four, and you get the big year sixes coming down with the ball and pinch the ball off you. When I saw Junior Stanislas running through us for that fourth goal yesterday, that's exactly what I was reminded of. It really was. It was literally men against boys. And what happened yesterday was horrible viewing for those of us who, who stuck it out. Um, it can't. It shouldn't have been allowed to happen in the first place, and it can't be allowed to happen again. And I know that we're going to have. I imagine we're going to have quite polemic views on this. I think we might be quite polar. Um, I've had a lot of time to think about what we saw yesterday and last night, most of it through that dire Manchester City Man United game that was just every bit as bad and poor to watch for all the other reasons. So I'm not going to beat about the bush. I want to get straight into it. And this might perhaps not sit um, in line with others' views. I've seen a lot on social media about how Carlos has, 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 dropped, um, has dropped one. Um, trying not to drop a swear word 30 minutes, 30 seconds into my uh, first rant of the episode but I don't lay the blame at his door for what happened yesterday I think that as soon as Josh Caroma went down injured against Wednesday, that's when our look changed and I wondered then, when it happened on uh, in midweek, I wondered right, I think this is going to be bigger than a lot of people were worried about at the time, I thought that it, uh, not, not blasé but I thought the fan base, I don't know if anyone really well, the majority really cottoned on to how big of a miss he would be. He's the form player at the moment, and he is our outlet. He's turned provider in recent weeks. He's scored goals in recent weeks. So when he went down, it was always going to be, right, this is going to be one of the biggest games um, of this month. How are we going to cope? How are we going to take the game to them? And when we went behind early, it was even more apparent that we were going to have to go out and play. Um, we don't have the backup. Okay, and this this episode is called Five Strikers, and I think that's a perfectly um, suitable and apt title because we didn't have anything in reserve, okay? Um, you looked at the team sheet and you did scratch your head and wonder. But I don't blame that on Carlos Corberan. I don't think he has the raw materials at his disposal to, to execute a plan B. And so, do you know what? I think some will call him throwing it. Some, as I've heard, say quite astutely, it's just picking your battles. And I think he knew that what he had available to him wasn't really enough to match up to Bournemouth. And so when we were 3-0 down at half-time, Despite having not played terribly, just gifted them two goals, we had more shots on goal than in the whole first half. He thought, right, we've got Coventry midweek. That's a winnable game. I could throw, you know, the likes of uh, Fraser Campbell on. 
and, um, and chase this and maybe come away with a 3-1 loss. Or I can look ahead, I can blood some young players and give them a bit of first-team experience in a game that is essentially now a dead rubber. And so, you know, I, for one, don't blame him for what happened. I blame, well, OK, some on-field mistakes, but also the recruitment that has dogged us the whole season, given that we do not have a second string capable of coming on and filling the holes that we are suffering from now because of this crowded fixture schedule. I think that if we properly invested in the summer and if we backed up the positions that we already have in strength, we wouldn't have had to put out a second string team and a load of kids. Okay, I don't blame the kids for it and I don't blame Carlos Coburn for it. Yeah, I think you're right, Cam. We we were just talking before we started recording and I think Carlos has, with the squad he's currently got realised pretty quickly, he has to target games. I think he's realised we, we can't win every game with the, the current squad we've got, the kind of football he plays that needs energy and needs fitness. You can't play 46 games or whatever we've got to play in that method. Uh, or very few players can do that. Um, and that's why we ended up with the, the selection yesterday. Karoma will be a big miss. I mean, the irony is when you look at the, the stats, which I did at the end of the game, we actually had more possession than Bournemouth yesterday. We had as many shots virtually as Bournemouth. So if you looked at the stats you and then was asked to forecast the scoreline, I think you'd have been shocked at what it came out at. Um, you know, I think there's there were some positives in terms of getting them youngsters in the team yesterday. You know, chucking some young lads on and giving them a chance. The game was lost anyway. You've got to be careful. That doesn't damage the confidence, of course. Um, you know, young Diara came on and I thought he looked lost. He looked like a, a, a boy. He looked like a year three playing against year sixes. You know, did uh, young Diara. So, you know, that the irony is, you know, we the game was over. The second Nabisar gave the ball to Lerma and they smashed the second thing. That was game over, really. Um, I, I was surprised with the halftime sub of Hamer. I don't know what that was all about, whether that was just to give Schofield more game time. We were three down and he sort of made a chance. Um, but it, it's something that we've been moaning about on here since August, which is lack of strength in depth, especially in key strategic positions for Carlos, which is going to be full-backs. Um, and, you know, January can't come soon enough. I was looking at the fixtures that are coming up. You know, we've got Coventry next game, which I assume is what Carlos was targeting. Then you've got Watford, Barnsley and Blackburn before the 1st of January. So, you know, you look at that and there's, there's two games you should be targeting to win in maybe three. But then you've got Reading on the 2nd of Jan. FA Cup and Watford on the 16th of Jan so if we're talking about targeting games really he's got till the 20th of January to start to bring some more bodies in so you know let's fingers crossed Phil gets his wallet open and gives Carlos what he needs to make us substantially safe because I think that the one thing you have to give Carlos credit for he's turned it round I think on the last podcast we were starting to panic a little the form was horrendous but out of the last five you know, we've 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 won three and 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 actually look pretty comfortable in those wins. So, you know, it ain't all doom and gloom, is it? But yesterday was horrendous, and I think Cal got away with it because there were no town fans in the ground. I think if there'd have been fifteen hundred town fans who travelled to Bournemouth and witnessed that, I think the backlash on social media might have been quite different. Yeah, yeah. As I told you before, we started recording, lads. I didn't. I took when I saw the. Um... The team come out. I took the decision not to watch it because I've got shopping for kitchens to do. Even more exciting than watching town at Bournemouth. Um, I, I don't mind 
Corbrand making a mistake as long as he learns from them. And I think he, he, he did a similar thing in one of the, away, the previous away games and made big changes and we got stuffed. I think it was the Cardiff game. He's done the same thing again here yesterday. And that's the thing that I've got issue with. I've got no problem with him. Um, we, we're clearly short of players. We clearly haven't got the strength in depth. But to make six changes from a team that did what it did to a, a, an absolutely bang average Sheffield Wednesday, that's the mistake for me. And, and if he does it again, that's going to be the issue. You can't legislate players doing what Naby Saad did. Um, but for me, don't make the same mistake twice because that, that's a choice that I'm, I'm not happy with that choice. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me. We've got Coventry on an unbeaten run of seven games. So they're not the easy people that you might think we're going to be. Barnsley, obviously, I live in Barnsley, so I get a bit of jip from my, my Barnsley supporting mates. All seven wins have come since this Valerie, or whatever he's called, um, has come in. So they're on a run of form. So we're going to be playing some tough teams. Um, for, for me, it, it wasn't the fact that he chose to rotate. It was the fact the number of rotations that he made yesterday was was just madness. Six people come into the, the team that have hardly played. That makes no sense for me. That's a bad choice. Um, I hope he doesn't make the same mistake again. Was it a mistake though, Andy, or was it a conscious choice? I think that that's that's the question that most town fans are asking themselves. I'm not sure it was a... I, I, if it's a conscious choice, can you say it's a mistake? I guess it's a mistake of judgment because we got battered. Yeah. But, you know... That makes did, it worse did... for me, Gaz. Gaz, if, if that's the case, it makes it miles worse because... I'm a bit of a football purist. I'm all about winning. and I like winning every game if possible. I like going out and putting a team out there to win. And it felt like yesterday, okay, no one's going out there to lose, but it didn't feel like we put necessarily the best players on there because we're looking a little bit ahead to, to Coventry midweek. And I think this is probably the best way to put it in, in that if, today, if yesterday's game wasn't against Bournemouth and it was Coventry instead, that starting lineup would not have been what it was regardless of how many games we've played leading up to it. It just wouldn't have been that way. Um, at 2pm, that game was over. I don't think too many people have paid the 10 quid for iFollow after seeing the starting lineup, would they? I don't, I don't think too many have been rushing to the laptops to, to pay that to see what was about to happen because everybody knew what was going to happen. Everyone's heads down beforehand. And I, I, I have a real problem with it. I have a real problem with it. Not the result. The result doesn't actually matter. I think if you'd have played your first 11 down there... Um, the fans in the stadium did seem to make a big difference. They sounded very loud. It just made it, it made the game feel a little bit like it used to feel for the first time um, since since the COVID suspension earlier in the season, uh, earlier late on last season. But it just it felt like it was back to normal. But we didn't put a normal team out, and it just felt like we were taking it as a bit of a friendly while Bournemouth were going out there to win. And now at the moment, it, the season's pretty early. We're, we're approaching halfway. I get that, but at the end of the season, Bournemouth might get promoted on the back of that win. And now that doesn't sit fair. To, that doesn't sit right with me. I, I don't think it's a fair way to go about it. I know you can say we should only consider ourselves. We could look after town, but that, that, that's not really fair. The, the, there's an honour-based system somewhere in football. I'm not entirely sure where it lies, but it, there is one somewhere. And putting a team out that was that had players on the bench that were still fit enough to play 30 minutes. So it wasn't that they weren't that they weren't match fit at all. They, they were still there. Um, and some of them were still brought on. So it's not like they're totally exhausted and can't play. It's just that they deemed them not worthy enough. They're not fit enough to play to play to, to play from the start. But I just it just didn't sit very well. It just felt like we would raise the white flag a little bit before kickoff. And after a couple of great results that we've had recently, it, it, it just felt like it would still town doing other town things. All of a sudden, it just felt a bit shit to start off with instead of looking forward to a game, testing themselves against a, a team that. It's still Premier League quality looking at them. They, they played so well. And I know you can only beat what's in front of you. 
that's all they can do. But Bournemouth beat us comfortably within 30 minutes. That game's over. And they could have been more more than 3-0 up after 33 minutes, whatever it was. They, they were all over us. We tried pressing, but a press from a team as weak as, as ours was yesterday against a team that's played in the Premier League for the last four or five years, whatever it was before this season, and, and have kept most of their squad together. They played around our press as easily as any team will do for the rest of the season. They just they knew exactly how to play around us. It wasn't a problem. They used to playing against better teams than we are. Now, our problem was when we had the ball, when we started trying to, to go forward, Nabi Sar had one of his worst games in a town shirt. But that was not because necessarily of, of him having a bad day alone, but the way that Bournemouth pressed us, what they did, they didn't press so much the back line. They let us to come out. They, they tried to let the defenders have to pick a 20, 30-yard pass instead of a simple little pass to O'Brien's feet or Hoggy's feet or Iting or um, Bakuna's feet or um, Pritchard's feet. Sorry, yesterday. It just it didn't work. They, the options weren't there. I felt really bad for Luis O'Brien yesterday. I thought he put a bit of a shift in. I'm not saying it was his best performance, but he had no help there in centre midfield. He was a man on his own against arguably the best centre midfield in, in, in the league. Bakuna, I don't know. I don't even know. I, I don't know. Where to, we don't know where to start with him because we, we spoke about it 10, 20 times on this podcast since we've begun. He's just, he has games where he's a hindrance to the, to, to the team. And Pritchard yesterday, he's no better either. The goal where... Um, Stanislas ran through like 54 players or whatever. Bakuna and Pritchard make some of the worst attempts at a tackle you will ever see. Ever see. And, and that just that, that was the tempo for the whole game, wasn't it? It, it was like that from start to finish. Um, second half, Bournemouth knew, knew, they, knew they'd already won the game. So they took their 45-minute rest then instead of us taking a 90-minute rest for some players from the beginning of the game. It just, it's not a big deal the result side of it. It doesn't matter. We're comfortable where we are in the league. We are pretty slim on players, but I've got enough faith in Carlos that are, when we do put a, a first level out, even without Coroma, we'll have enough to get results here, there and everywhere. We are getting closer to January. Even if we lost every game between now and January, it wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world. Not, not, not with the way he has us playing. Uh, and um, if we get a few fans back in the ground, eventually that'll help us furthermore in regards to our home form now is already pretty good without anyone in there. We seem to have turned a corner with that, but, the decision to play a weakened team is not necessarily anything major in regards to how our season will go. It's just something that sits really poorly with me. The biggest thing to come out of yesterday, though... Sorry, Cam, the, the biggest Sorry, thing to no, come go, out go, yesterday... Go ahead, mate. No, 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 is it might be a good thing we've been stuffed because we had this delusion that all our youngsters were good enough to play in the first team. But we chucked them out yesterday and they were battered. And it might not have been 5 million. It could have been much, much worse than that. Fullbacks are so important for us. And after to after Toffolo and Pippa, we just have nothing. It's just not there. Yesterday, Toffolo probably had his worst game of the season for us. And it's because Pippa offloads most of the pressure down his side a little bit. So then Pippa, Pippa can do his business while Toffolo's doing his business. They, they, they split the attention of the defence when going forward. Whereas yesterday, Bournemouth just had to look on Toffolo's cutbacks. They knew what we were going to do. They comfortably dealt with it. And Diakab is not going to cause many problems, is he? Um, and Benza might have turned the corner, but... I think it's going to be asking too much for Diakabe. So the good thing will be, hopefully, Phil can look at it yesterday, see that the depth definitely isn't there. Regardless of what people think of the youth team setup, the gap between youth team football and senior football in the English football league is far greater than the way that they were talking about it. It was a bit disrespectful, I thought, they spoke about it before, in that they could walk in and, and, and contribute straight away to the first level. Maybe one can, maybe daily can in little bits and bats, but to chuck them all in a bit like yesterday, it's just not right. It's just not ready, is it? But I'm 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 
I'm with you on how I've massively lost patience with with Bakuna. Um, I mean, I thought in midweek, I thought he was really poor. Um, after he missed the penalty, which I don't think he should have taken, given that, OK, you've got men like Fraser Campbell on the field. You've got Josh Caroma, who feel like everything he's going to touch turns to gold. Um, and yet he wanted it. He made a scene about having it and then he missed it. He didn't even make a save about the goalkeeper. And then he looked like he couldn't be bothered. And it was just as well that Wednesday offered very, very little because the, the, the pendulum of momentum swung so far back towards them in that second half. You know, at times I was thinking, right, this is like a 20 minute purple patch and we need to be careful. Um, he didn't look like he was asked at the end of the game. And actually with five minutes to go, um, I was in the commentary box and I heard someone in the director's box in front of me shout, Bakuda, which team are you playing for? Because that was it, it, it looked like he, he just didn't want to be there. And so looking at, at, at yesterday's game, there was we were so bereft of, of, of character and, and, and leadership. And again, like I said, I think that's because of the recruitment more than anything. But the thing I, I guess I don't agree with is is actually it's a good point you make, Ian, about, about uh, the fairness of the league and sporting integrity and needing to put your best team out. But if we think back to the promotion season, this reminds me of the game we played at St Andrews. Um, I believe it was the was it the penultimate game of the uh, season or the last game of the season. Me and my mate went down, and um, we looked at we looked at the um, we were, I remember we were in a, like an Ibis hotel bar before the game at two o'clock, and the teams came out. And we saw that Regan Booty was on the bench. I'm thinking, okay, he's like in the school year below me, and we were thinking, bloody hell, you know what what are we what are we doing today? This is when we went meant to be going for it, and obviously Wagner got into some well-publicised trouble with the FA for not fielding what they deemed to be our strongest team. Um, but that was a gamble that paid off because then we were fresh coming into the Wednesday games uh, in the playoffs and it worked. Um, and so for me, I, I didn't have a problem with that then. And that's why I don't have a problem with it now. I, I do personally think that we have to, we have a duty to ourselves. We weren't breaking any rules through that. Um, and I think, look, okay, we have to do what the best we can with what we've got. And what we've got is a, is a meagre squad of players, not enough players to fill out a decent top half championship team, which is what we want to be. We want to be what a top 30 club in England. We want to be that. If we want to be that, we have to look after ourselves and, you know, okay, Bournemouth have got five easy goals off us and that might annoy some teams up at the top. But for me, we have to focus on Huddersfield town. And so I don't know. I'm not sure. It's quite you know, different to my societal views and that like, I'm, I'm all for community spirit, but on, in football, I don't know. I think we have to look after ourselves there. And so, I don't know, how, how did you take on, how did you take the the, the, the Wagner decision, say, to, to, to pick a game out? Do you think that's different in this context, Ian, given that, say, it was, um, we're looking ahead to the games that we can win when we have got maybe fitter players and, you know, a better chance of getting a three points? Didn't like it against Birmingham, Cam. Didn't like it then either. I think we've benefited from it twice now, or hopefully we do when we beat Coventry this week. But if we've benefited, if it had cost us twice, we look at it an entirely different way. And that's why you can't judge it until the end of the season. But if Bournemouth go up by a point, somebody misses out and then aren't successful in the playoffs, you could have cost the team 200 million. It's as crazy but, as that. And I know it sounds ridiculous talking about it at this point. And it isn't important to most people. I get that. It's just something that, I can't, I can't lie and say that I like it. I don't. I've played in so many amateur football clubs, had a relegation battle, for example, and something like that had cost us our position in the league. Then people's jobs could be at stake. It sounds absolutely crazy. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I know it's making a mountain out of a molehill, but it's bigger to me anyway than just playing a, a less strong team because you've had quite a lot of games recently. It just felt like to me it went across resting across the line of resting one or two, which we did against Cardiff beforehand. 
when we got stuff down there. Um, it just felt, if, if I'd have been a fan going yesterday, if I'd have been at the stadium, again, if you'd have driven all the way down to Bournemouth for that, as Gaz said, the out the outcry would have been pretty pretty loud. I don't know if I'd have even gone in, to be honest. Oh, I'd, I'd have stayed in the pub probably at that point, seeing that lineup. But look, it's a COVID season. I get it's different. And maybe, I'm, I'm again, I'm stepping over the line, calling it out because of how, how crazy it is in that there's so many games um, back to back to back at the moment because it's a late start to the season. They still want to finish early enough in May next year. So with international breaks, own Champions League football and UEFA League football and Europa League football in the Premier League, they seem to manage to play back to back to back 50, 60 games a season. Then they're flying all over Europe to go for their European games. And then they're going on to half of them play for South American football clubs or African clubs. So they're flying and doing a lot of travel and they seem to manage it better than we've seen to manage it with a smaller squad this season. Um, and all we're doing is down to Bournemouth and back. I just didn't like it, Cam. I, it's probably me being pathetic. I get that. Um, but we've benefited from it twice. So I think that's where our, our opinion on it might be centred instead of what it could have been like for if we'd have been on the receiving end of it. There's two, there's two things there for me. And one is, one. Carlos clearly is a, a single-minded bloke. So he's got his own objective. He's going to work to his objective and try and deliver it. And, and he felt yesterday that was the best way. Um, that brings in additional pressure, of course, because if you target games and you have to win them, and and that was, you know, in fairness to Wagner, as you said, that when he did it at Birmingham, the, the outcome of that was a positive outcome. So that now puts more pressure on Carlos because if he don't if he don't beat Barnsley and doesn't beat Coventry, people will question those decisions. Well, the other thing as well is I thought actually we talked a lot about the fact we had a lot of kids play yesterday, but you know, in that team there were some senior pros, and you've just mentioned a couple in, in your and you ran in, in Dear Carby and Pritchard, but you had Danny Ward in there. You know, Dear Carby was an £11 million player. You had Nappy Starr, you had Ben Hame, you had Harry Toffolo. You know, not one of those names played anywhere near what I would expect a senior player to play. You know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't set an example for the youngsters. I mean, Pritchard was completely anonymous. Completely anonymous. It was embarrassing, to be honest. Um, yeah, and, I, and I know... People probably think I was taking the, the piss, but you know, honestly, 15 minutes of second half, he touched the ball, and I thought, can I forgot he was on? You know, that that's how bad Alex Pritchard was yesterday. So I think I, I'm I'm I can see you I can see your point, Ian. Um, I think you know we shouldn't take any game lightly, but I think Carlos's mindset is such that he's he's single minded. You know, he's single minded that he wants the best for Huddersfield Town and he wants the best results for Huddersfield and he's using what he's got at his disposal to to do that. But I do think if the senior players had stepped up to the mark and we'd lost 2 0, then the outpouring today would be nothing like what it has been. Is it not also detrimental though to those young players who did come in, did come into the squad confidence? Because we always say, How do you blooding youngsters? And you look at Certain clubs who do it a lot better than others. It's usually about bringing them on for the last 10, 15, 20 minutes when you're in a comfortable position, one or two goals up, just to give them a, a flavour of it. Chucking them in against a, a squad that is probably, along with Watford, going to go straight back up into the Premier League and watching them effectively fail. It's not going to do, do as, as you said, Gaz, Diara, again, people like him who just steps on a football and a an adult football pitch, let's say, call it like that, for a first time playing first team football, that's going to do him a disservice, really, for for a player who's viewed as being potentially one of the future stars of Huddersfield Town. Well, I I hope that given Carlos Carbran's background in youth football, I mean, okay, he's a young man himself, 
and he retired at 23, wanted to, to focus on his coaching. And so really he's got the experience of, say, a manager in his mid-40s now, if they've retired at the standard you know, mid-30s age. And he's done a lot of work, obviously, at Leeds and at other clubs in the youth systems. And so I would hope that he was a good man manager of everyone, but particularly of young players. And so I think with the right guidance, and, and who knows what was said at half time, he probably warned them, you know, Diara and the likes that, that they were going to come on. Um, you know, I part of me does think, okay, that it's a horrible start to your senior career in, in the example of Diara alone. But then again, you know, you do need these lads to, to come on and have taste of, um, of first team football. It's all well and good putting them on the bus to go down to away games. And I think that's where the nine substitutes uh, rule will, will come in and be good. But, you know, they're only going to learn when they're on the field. And so I do hope, I, I want us to give credit to him really, because, you know, he, he does know what he's doing with youth players. And I, I, it's my belief that he will have protected um, the young lads coming on. Because apparently Schofield, I mean, he's played a few games now. Apparently that was an injury problem to him at halftime. The Bournemouth commentary team um, certainly said so, that they'd heard from, from, um, from town that it was. And so, you know, that, that's what we're led to, to believe in. So... I hope that he's, I imagine that he's taken the proper steps to, to, to safeguard those players. Like, they won't have been held responsible for it. And so, OK, look, we don't know what he said um, behind closed doors and how he's broached the subject and even how those young players took to it. I want to hope that in there, you know, they've had some actual experience with like, OK, look, we're going to lose this game. You're not to blame for that. Um, you need to get out there so that when we do bring them on in future, they've had that under their belts because you've got so many pros who just don't get that game time. And in front of fans as well, you know, they were at the, you know, a bit of a hostile atmosphere too. So I want to try and see the good in it. And I'll look at Carlos and I think he is a, clearly a wise guy when it comes to youth prospects. And so, I don't know, it, I think it's quite easy to look at it and say, that was horrible, you know, they had to put through that. And it was hard seeing Diary, you know, get, get, get run ragged at times. But I think also there could be good that's come out of that. And I like how, okay, People might say he threw the game, but then I think there are positives you can take. And I think the fact that those youngsters are going to get some valuable experience of first team action now uh, could be one of them. I think you're right. Um, the, the key thing for there's two key things for me. I like the fact that Corbran came out after the game yesterday and said, I messed up. He put his hand up and said, That's my time, my, my responsibility. Didn't blame any, any of the players, which I think is, is to his credit. Yeah, and the other thing is, is what have they learned? You were talking then, Cam, about, you know, they've learned some stuff. For me, we've learned that these these kids aren't good enough against a Premier League club. And we could probably knew, knew that already. How good they, would they be against teams that are around us or below us? We don't yet know. But for me, it's about the debrief. What did we learn from that yesterday that we can then take into the rest of the season? And if we've learned nothing, then that's, that's a failed experiment. But for me, I like the fact that he stuck his hand up. Um, I like the fact that he... Um, he tried something. I'd, I'd far rather you tried it and then it didn't work. And we probably would guess that the result was going to be what it was yesterday. But give it, I'll give him credit for that. I'll give him credit for trying something, showing faith in the young players, which, as you've said, he, he does. Uh, on the, the full-backs thing, uh, there's two fantastic full-backs on here that have got uh, experience of playing at town. So, you know, we just need the call, Carlos. Uh, it's a very long way around me these days, so I could fill in for half the defence. And, and Gaz was renowned for his um, his motivational capabilities. So if you want if you want leaders, just pick up the phone, big lad. I had a trial 44 years ago for town. They never got back to me. As far as I'm concerned, door's still open, lads. Just come and, come and take us. 
Hey, we might all be playing at this rate, Andy. If everyone's getting injured, you'll have to be. I'll have to be flying back as well. Can't work a new play because we're running, out, we're running out of players so quickly. Look, you won't know just yet the effects that yesterday will have on players until the end of the season. And what, what I mean there is, look, for, for some of them, it was the first game or the first game, it definitely against uh, Premier League quality opposition. And I know they're in the Championship, but everyone gets what I'm saying. They'll have been excited. There's anything to play in that game yesterday. They won't give two shits that they lost 5-0. They won't care. That experience will do them well. Even Romani, it's, um, it's, 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 it's an experience that they will have enjoyed regardless of the result. Now, if this happens every three weeks, we need to rest, rest most of the players because of the um, close games. Then, then it's a different thing if they've played three, four, five and got smashed with all the mates. And every time they go in together, they know it's going to be a tough game because they don't have the support of the more experienced, better quality players that, that we have available at the club to us. Then it becomes a bigger issue than, than just yesterday. If yesterday was a one-off before Christmas, we know there's like you say, three, four games in a very short period, of, even a shorter period of time than what we've had to do since the beginning of this season. Then um, it's a very it's a very different thing than if we're going to roll it out every, every uh, three, four games to the end of the year. That's, that's the one good thing is the next games come really quickly at the minute, don't they? So, you know, come Tuesday, we've got another opportunity to shake this out of our system. Um, you know, we, we've seen in the last four or five games that we, we're showing a bit of uh, bounce back ability, aren't we? we, we we're winning the game 2 0, losing the game 3 0, and then winning the game 2 0. And so, you know, that that's that's quite encouraging. And I think, let's be honest, by the top three or four, the championship this year is pretty mediocre. So I think that that also gives us a a, a, um, a bit of time and a bit of breathing space. And, I, and I'm with you. I think listen, we'll we'll comfortably stay up this year. I, I cannot envisage a scenario where we'll get dragged back into a relegation battle. I think we'll probably flirt around at some point, but I can't see us getting dragged back into that relegation battle at any point. But you know, they um, the the advantage is it a missed opportunity if the championship is so mediocre? You know, Carlos was an unknown quantity. You know the, the the style he's brought and what he's getting out of some pretty average players is is been a surprise. Let's be honest to everybody on this podcast for sure. We all ummed and ad whether we thought it was the right decision for a long time, didn't we? And the blokes really made us eat our words. So you know I'm quite happy to have a slice of humble pie, um, but you worry it might be a missed opportunity because you can't see the championship being this week next year. That's probably why January is going to be quite key, um, and it just can't be decided over Orlando Arons. And I hope we're not still going down that path. Um, because what we have seen is somebody like uh, Josh Coroma's kind of development. Ian's always been a fan, probably the first one, definitely on social media, you know, the president of the Josh Coroma fan club. Try Probably try and take him down under, won't you? Um, Mike Bassett style, play four four two, stick him out on the wing. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see what can be achieved in January because there are going to have to be additions to this squad. Um, we have seen our first taste of, uh, as, as Cam would call him, Alex Baeo, um, who came on against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but that 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 squad yesterday just was wasn't good enough, and and you know we need to be firing on all cylinders, especially going into Wednesday night. Um, Coventry are unbeaten in five. It's going to be another tough game. Gaz is right; the division isn't. <laughs> that great, but I think my former momentum is so key. You kind of look at the bottom clubs, teams like QPR and Millwall and Chef Wednesday, and uh, just in free fall, we're all right. 
and it, it's, if we can, can maintain that form, and I was hoping we'd maintain that form from from Wednesday, uh, from Tuesday night, because I think that that victory over Chef Wednesday was um, should have been three or four. By the way, it's quite special. I think we need to touch a little bit more on it because I've been saying for a while as a player in Mbenza, beautiful free kick. Town played brilliantly for, for for so long. If we can harness some of that over the over the Christmas period, and we do have we do have now after next Saturday, weekly games bar I think Blackburn, which is midweek. We've we've certainly got time to kind of build a squad. I say for the second half of the season, don't we? I hope in terms of the schedule, we may have weathered the storm now, as you put it, Greg. Um, I hope that now, okay, we've we've, we've got through the thickest part of it in terms of games. And okay, Christmas is always notoriously difficult for for fixture congestion, but we've had that kind of Christmas feel for the whole of of December and November, really. And so I I hope you're right in that now, okay, we can pad it through for the next three weeks into into January. It's January the 4th, I think, is it, the, um, the transfer window opens. Um, I don't want to see the name Orlando Aaron's um, banded about. I really don't want to see that. Okay, and and it's going to take far more than him to bulk out our squad. We need several through the door, as many as we needed. You know, in in some that we didn't get. Um, yeah, okay. There's some some huge games coming up with Coventry in in midweek, for example, and the Barnsley. You know, these are winnable, winnable games, and so there's no reason we can't sort ourselves out. Then I hope this gamble pays off. Um, because I spoke to a good mate of mine after the game, and he said, and and he was sort of um, against my point of view that okay, it was worth resting place because he said, look, it means it means it means nothing if we don't win um, against Coventry, and he's absolutely right. Then to be fair, so I hope now that now that we've got a bit of breathing space in terms, of we should have more recovery time, and our squad shouldn't be quite as stretched, and it's come a bit of a merciful time really, given just how congested our injury bench is. I hope now that it means. Well, we see the best out of Ward. I think would be an important thing too because we need someone to fill in for the goals that Karoma's not going to be scoring for a, for a while. Um, Campbell, I think we can rely on because I, I thought he was tremendous against Wednesday. I thought he was brilliant. I thought his, his you can just see every ounce of the experience he has in the dummy for Karoma. Uh, he self and Benza for the goal that was that was the slab for offside. Uh, he was still winning free kicks on the edge of his own box. That man just covered every blade of grass. And when I'm 33, I hope I'm in half the decent shape that he's in. Um, I think he does so much for us, but we do need the goals to come from somewhere. Um, so, yeah, I think we have time now. We have time off his life after Mbenza. He's going to be gone for, you know, third of the season. Mbenza, sorry. For, for Karoma, he's going to be gone for a third of the season. And you're absolutely right. Mbenza was quality in midweek. So we've got these lads now who should have time to shine, given that they should have ample rest period. Um, and so I guess, yeah, there is time now to, to, to build for, for, for January and to find a squad that is capable of performing week in, week out. Because um, goodness knows we need it, because we need those first teams to be to be firing in all cylinders. And now, with a little bit of a gap in the fixture calendar, hoping that's the time when we can see them come through a bit more. Yeah, I thought the the game against Wednesday was probably the best performance we've had under Carlos. I thought we were controlled. Um, I thought we dominated Wednesday. Who, who, to be honest, didn't help themselves. They looked a bit clueless. Uh, they, they weren't playing poolist ball. I think they, they don't really know what they're supposed to be doing yet. But having said that, it's a team with quality in it. You know, a team that's got Barry Bannon and it's always going to cause you problems. Um, and, and same over QPR. I thought that was a, another excellent performance. You know, we looked really good. But then when you go back to Cardiff, it was only one step away, really, from how bad Bournemouth was. So, you know, like I say, we, we're showing a bit, we're a bit Jekyll and Hyde, I guess. And I guess you're going to get that as you're implementing new ideas like Carlos's. 
and when your squad's as wafer thin as ours is. But we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't underestimate the value of momentum, which is why, you know, exercises like yesterday can be counterproductive if you don't deal with the fallout right. And I was, you know, just think about what Andy said about the the debrief. I think that's a really good point. Um, and I'm sure Carlos will handle that in the right way and get us ready for the game against uh, Cov on Wednesday. And I was just looking at the fixture dates and it, it's pretty throng on until the 2nd of Jan. But after that, then there's the next three games are all a week apart. So early Jan, we've also got a break from midweek games. So, you know, hopefully by the time we get back to the, uh, Saturday, Tuesday in mid-January, we'll have some more bodies around the place. The best thing about going into this game this week is that it is a new start. It's a refreshing that the, the team that we put out won't be scarred by what happened at the weekend because it'll be more or less a different team. So I'm not worried whatsoever about a hangover. I think Corbin coming out and speaking a bit like Mr Mourinho does after a defeat taking the blame. It's managerial 101. I've not quite learned that yet. No, no one interviews me when we get beaten. But um, it seems to work for Mourinho and it works pretty well in the Premier League, doesn't it? Um, that's what that looked like to me. He was trying to take the blame off the players. And it is his fault, but eventually it is the players that go out there and, and, and do the best, which unfortunately wasn't good enough. But I'd, there'll be no hangover. There'll be no hangover from that. Ah, seasons. It's like a season of Game of Thrones at the moment. Like It's just these twists and turns. You don't know what's going to happen. Game in, game out. You've got no idea. We've got no idea. We waste time every week predicting a scoreline and there's literally no point anymore. Maybe with fans going back in the stadiums, it'll normalise it a little bit and, and, and make it a little bit more, a little bit easier to beat the bookies. Um, hopefully, hopefully that that can come in for a change because again, it's just been a wild ride. It's been so wild. We need we need players in. We've known that since since preseason. Um, with the vaccination, hopefully working for for COVID nineteen. I think that's that's probably going to change January for most clubs in the championship. The turnover of squads last. Uh, this pre-season, this off-season, however short it was, was quite minimal. Uh, teams are very similar to what what they had last year, and teams like Sheffield Wednesday that struggled a little bit at the end of last season started off this season shite. Um, we've had a big change, of course, in, in approach with Carlos, and that really has helped us. Um, but squads are pretty similar because they were worried about what was going to happen with coronavirus. It's entirely wise. I get it. Now that's not necessarily a problem anymore because everything seems to be opening back up. We're, you guys, we're in mid-December and for you guys, the weather's cold and they're still now letting fans into the stadium. So that's only likely to improve by the end of the season. So clubs going out in January now can expect a, a bit more income. It's a bit more easier to predict. So I, I expect a lot, a lot more money to be spent in January comparatively to other Januaries than we had this off-season compared to other off-seasons, if, if you follow. Um, so we're going to have to go out and get get players in because other teams will strengthen. The, the teams will strengthen. Sheffield Wednesday are going to sit there and not strengthen. That they'll bring some players in. There's other club, Derby. They got one of the biggest um, salaries in the in the league, and they'll strengthen further. We we can't sit still. We, we we've got a thin squad, and if Corona's out, he might not. He might, and injuries like that, like Corona, he might be out to the end of the season. You never know. You've got no idea what can happen. But when he goals, fortunately. Andy took one for the team and sponsored Fraser Campbell. And since then, he's been absolutely wonderful. So from all of us, Andy, thank you very much. You've probably saved our season, at least up until Christmas anyway. So uh, you've done us a right solid there, mate. That's been great. But after him, Danny Ward, he's not... Danny Ward's not in the business. I, when he came in, I thought he was a very wise signing. We, we, again, we spoke of it on here. He ticked the right boxes, didn't he? We're cheap. We, we know what he's like. He did all right at Cardiff. But for whatever reason, in this system... He is a huge downgrade on Fraser Campbell. 
and we need to leave 33 year olds alone cam 33 year olds are still okay to do most things we might have a few knee injuries but apart from that Campbell's showing he can do his business so let's not write all people of that age off he's doing it much better than Danny Ward is who, who most of us thinks in his late 30s because of how how long ago he feels he's been around Huddersfield Town and and the Football League but he's pretty young and Campbell's doing a much better job at the moment in our system um going out and getting a replacement or a backup striker or an alternative striker maybe that's a better way to put it as a number nine if Campbell isn't able to do it because he's a little bit older so he's got bigger things at home he might have children to look after maybe, maybe that's it maybe that's why he's tired nothing to do with age but just life is at a different point for him so so he he gets tired more than other players does but we need another goal scorer we need somebody who plays down the middle who can bag goals because we don't have it we don't have it if Campbell's not available Danny Ward I thought was going to be able to do it he, he normally good for 10 goals at Cardiff isn't he he, he hasn't sniffed many chances for us never mind get close to scoring what five you'd expect by this point in the season not it's just not going to happen so to go out and spend on a striker and, and, and fullbacks as we know is crucial but going into Coventry this week I think we'll have too much for him anyway the boys will be fresh apparently apparently missing one one game midweek or only playing 30 minutes instead of 60 makes a big difference so I fear no hangover no hangover whatsoever and, and Corbin's come out and, and shown his his managerial qualities in, in, in taking the blame for it. So it's a fresh start for the for the team on 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 uh, Tuesday night. I'm optimistic too, to be honest. I think that I think this is a calculated gamble. Uh, okay, yeah, like you can never legislate for individual errors, and we don't know exactly what's going to happen because if we did, we'd be very rich people for having better Huddersfield Town every week, and we all know that that is easier said than done. Um, but I do think that okay, look at the league position for one. Um, I do think that we'll we'll we'll, um, we'll have more than them. Um, I do think, OK, we'll have Fraser Campbell back in the side. I imagine that's why he didn't play. I, I do hope. So um, I look at it and I think, right, I feel all right about that. But I agree with what you said about Wardy. Um, I think what he needs is just to get leads in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Because if you think when we brought John Stead back, it was a similar sort of story. He was like the first sort of town striker I, I, I grew to love when I was about seven years old, watching him banging him in, in, a, in, in Division Three, as it were. So when he came back, you know, it was a, it was a terrible signing, but he scored against Leeds in the derby, and everyone loved him, and it was great. So Ward, he needs a, he needs a big Alan Lee against Arsenal moment, and then we'll well, he's got Watford come. He's got Watford coming up. He bagged a hatty against him last time. His last game for us before leaving, didn't he? Yes, so he did. There we go. <laughs> I forgot about this. So that's the one. So I mean, I I, I want to see him do well. Um, you know, we saw him hit the bar twice in two playoff finals, didn't we? So he's and God, that feels like an eternity ago. And so he's he was he was such a great servant to the club. He, he had some happy years there. He's got a cracker against them um, against Bournemouth, ironically, in the um, playoff semis when we when we got to Old Trafford. Um, and so I do I really want to see him succeed. Uh, but you know I, I was I was skeptical when we brought him in. And um, unfortunately, I would love to improve wrong, but unfortunately that's ringing true at the moment. It's not it's not working. I hope that once he gets off the mark, maybe it'll be a different story. But as for looking to, to the near future. <laughs> I'm not overly worried about the Coventry game. Um, I think, okay, they're, they're, Bournemouth are classical and they deserve to be in the Premier League because I'm not showing. They, they were, they just, they, they, they've got too much quality. Same with Watford. Um, Coventry is very different. It's a very different outfit. And so for me, I think, given the, the way we have played in most weeks, because this wasn't an anomalous result, I think, again, we should have too much for them. Well, I'm not sure you're going to see Warden anytime soon anyway to come and score us any more goals. He picked up yet another injury yesterday. I saw a very unkind comment on Twitter saying we should do with him like they do with racehorses that keep falling on, taking him outside, which I thought was a bit harsh. But I, I get, I mean, it's a question, though. I, just, I was just thinking about the injuries. And is it, I guess it's a question for you, lads, really. Are we, 
you know, is it bad luck or are we badly preparing? You know, we seem to be having a lot of muscle tears and strains. It could be, could be just a consequence of the big step up in uh, the level of work that Carlos is putting these guys through on a on a daily, weekly basis. But we seem to get a lot of muscle tears, a lot of strains. And of course, they're notoriously difficult, as Ian knows more than anybody, they're notoriously difficult to get back to full fitness. So what are we going to do about that? Because, you know, we can't just keep backfilling injury slots, that much I do know. Bring back John Eager. We didn't, we didn't... Cryogenic chamber in um, at Canal Side, get them all stuck in there. We've got this, this facility that apparently cures all players. Okay, Jenny Porter cabin. What's going on? I blame Canal side me. There's something, something not right there, isn't it? Um, it's. I think it's a consequence of a short preseason or a, or a load of work that's that's come over from, you know, the, the the relatively late end up to the last one and just a build up of games that they've. Um, I mean, Caroma slipped on a, an advertising order, and that's that's just unlucky. Um, Stamen and, and Schindler and stuff like that. You, that that's that's stretching, isn't it? And you've got to argue that. that at their age, you know that that could be part of the the problem. Um, that, that they're just a bit too old to cope with the, the load that's on them. So you then you've got to go back to Cobra and switching the, the side around, so you can understand why you did it. Um, but we, we we desperately need numbers. We need. I don't know whether he's going to get another centre half because how many centre halves have we got out now? Schindler's out, Stearman's out, Elphick's out. Is he going to buy any more? I know we've got five strikers, but how many centre halves have we got? I think we need a centre half or two. Um, this the, you're right about this this Aaron's guy. Eh? Who, who? Never heard of him. So I don't understand why we were in for him. Um, but we need we need we need the spine of this, the team strengthening. This I don't know how you pronounce his name, Bayeko or whatever he's called. Somebody's having me on with Bayeko. That's just a proper Yorkshire pronunciation of Bayeko, lad. Get this end for it. Um, I'm not having that. But why wasn't he playing yesterday? Hogg's not in the team. He's his direct replacement. Why was he on the bench? Don't, don't Carlos trust him? I think, I, I just don't understand why, why we bought him if we're not going to play him. If there's something else up with him. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a worry for me. But I think it's just a, a workload thing. And you'd hope that uh, we get our hands in our pockets and we strengthen when January comes around. Because like you say, we're, we're waffer thin, to um, quote Monty Python. So we, we need some more bodies there, don't we? Oh, look, it's no coincidence for me, right, that all of a sudden we've started playing football from the back. We've started taking 70% possession every single game. We're running more kilometres than any player, any other team's players every single game. We're passing far more than any other team seems to do in this division. And all of a sudden, centre-backs are normally lazier, lazier, big guys that aren't necessarily as... Um, Quick um, reaction times are great, but but speed isn't there, and not necessarily the most flexible of players. They're the ones getting injured because we're asking more of them as centre backs than most teams ask of their centre backs. I thoroughly believe it's our system that that causes that, and there's not much you can do for that, can you? Like you say, they are all the guys, most of our centre backs, um, so they are going to struggle with their injuries more anyway. But we're asking them to do things maybe that they've not done in their career ever before, and they might be a little bit old to be able to adapt to what, to what Carlos wants. Um, I just, it, it's going to be a tough, a tough run to the end of the season. We need more centre-backs than um, most teams need because of, in my opinion, the, the system that we play and how much we expect them to be able to take the ball forward. Like Navi said, he gets the ball a lot and he's running through 15, 20 yards forward every time he gets it before he makes a terrible pass. But he makes the run anyway. And that's the part that helps, unfortunately, cause the injuries. 
and that's where we're struggling. But I have figured out what, Dan, what Danny Ward needs. I don't know if he's got a player sponsor, Andy, and it worked with Fraze. So uh, can you just give the club a call and try and sort that out for us? Because that, that, that's run dry on that. Like was... COVID. No, I got I got a deal on Fraser. Uh, it's not buy one get one free. You know, uh, with, with 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 Danny Ward and Fraser Campbell. It, it's... Not enough, Andy. You sound like you sound like a fan that leaves eighty minutes in, halfway up killing the bank stairs, turning around, seeing we're still in the game, and having to run back in. You we know, need I'm more commitment in regards to. That. The only time I've ever done that is, is virtually on, on here when that game, that the Middlesbrough game, that I left when we, they went 1-0 up and I literally logged out and said, that's it, no chance, we're not going to win. And we ended up winning 3-2. And I couldn't log back in because my tradition is that once I'm, once town are doing okay when I'm doing what I'm doing, I can't then change it. So I couldn't log back into iFollow. So not only do I sponsor Fraser Campbell, I missed the announcement of my own company's name over the Tannoy for the first time ever because of my own stupid traditions, my own superstitions. So I missed it. But thanks for the... And the amount, and the amount of girls he scores, Andy, it might, be the last, it might be the last time as well, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> they actually got it wrong. They announced it as Andy K and not AKLD training. So, I mean, we're one of the same thing. There's only me that works for my company. Yeah. But they got, they got me an Nice name drop. drop. Well done, mate. Well done. Yeah. Bit of free advertising. Yeah, happy. Find out. <laughs> um, I, I know, I know. I, I flippantly said John Eager leaving was probably the reason why, but it is probably as as you've said, lack of pre-season, so many games at once. We've had was it seven in twenty-two, two weeks off, seven in twenty-one. It's bonkers, that, isn't it? it? 14, 14 games in, in effectively 60, 60 days. Yeah, I, I know. I know there'll be people up and down. People like you guys who've played league football sometimes have to play Saturday, Tuesday, Thursdays. But there's, there's a bit of a difference where you can conserve energy. And you're not getting paid professionally. Uh, Ian, you've never played Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday. You've probably missed out at least one of them. Crocs. You've never seen me play. Don't 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 sit here trying to tell everyone that we can't do it, Greg. Is it Saturday, I've Sunday, seen you play. Wednesday. All right. That the afternoon Sunday morning with a with a skin full of beer inside you. That's a true athlete. These lads never see me rest, do you? You never saw me on the bench resting, no. ready for Wednesday. I were always there. On board Saturday night and still rock out and kick somebody up in there. At with his fancy Dan White boots. Yeah. Right. Anyway, right. We'll we'll, we'll wrap it up. Huddersfield Sam currently sit 14th in the league table. It's going to be a mid uh, mid table season, as we've probably been thinking most of it. Uh, 11 points clear of the relegation zone. It's currently occupied by Derby Wickham in Wednesday, but only seven points off the playoffs. So, um, you know, who knows? Um, commentary on Wednesday night. Don't don't forget, people, Wednesday night. Don't, don't sit down on Tuesday while trying to watch it. They're unbeaten five themselves, so it'll be quite an interesting uh, viewing. Probably probably lap it up on a, a score draw there on, on Bet365. And uh, that's where Mr Pope has gone off to commentate on uh, Scottish football. So if you if you ever fancy listening to Mr. Pope commentate, twenty five p on your Bet three six five account, and you can listen to whatever crappy game that he's uh, cool having to <laughs> having to look after. Although Dundee versus Rangers is better than what he usually commentates on. Um, gents, thank you very much for your time. Um, from from Mike Bassett down under, it's been a pleasure, Ian. Nice to see you. See you again, Andy. Congratulations on the sponsorship and and guys, enjoy your muffin or whatever you're, you're chewing down on. Um, <laughs> until next time, um, hopefully we'll be back with two more victories in a week. Ciao.